On today's episode of the post game, we have a good breakdown of the wildest story that I think I've heard in a long time. Um, everybody just buckle your seatbelts because Evan coming off of a bachelor party weekend had quite the surprise going into his New York apartment. I'm, I'm still a little rattled if we're being honest. Um, then we jump into some of the PLL week, um, break down some of the games, all that good stuff. And then we jump into a phenomenal interview with Kyle Hartzell. Uh, if you know Kyle, if you know me, you probably are aware that we've had beef. We talk about the beef. We talk about squashing it. We talk about all of that good stuff. I mean, it, it really is a phenomenal episode. And then finally, at the beginning of this episode, I wanted to give a shout out for our good friend, Brianna. Um, if you weren't aware, there was a horrific car accident uh, that took place in New York. Some members of the lacrosse community passed away, which is which is always a bummer. Let's make sure that we Venmo at GoFund, G-O-F-U-N-D-B-M. All right. One of the only survivors was Brianna. Um, you know, we had some good family friends reach out to us. So make sure that you go Venmo, GoFund Brianna. Um, we'll be posting the link. We'll be doing all that kind of stuff. So just stay tuned for our Twitter and for our Instagram. And as always, this episode is brought to you by our two sponsors, Sideline Swap, all your new, used, worn, game worn, game not worn, sidelined, autographed, all that good stuff. Find it on Sideline Swap. And then also get off your butt and go order some Red Truck Beef Jerky. Again, that's redtruckbeefjerky.com. Use promo code POSTGAME15. Let's kick it over and get this episode started. Bye. On another phenomenal episode of the post game you're in for a treat evan and i are both pretty buzzed just as a uh, as a heads up we have a phenomenal interview with kyle hartzell evan and i recap this past weekend's games in colorado springs with the weather delay we talk about free arrest here we talk about all kinds of stuff but first and foremost we have some unbelievable breaking news everybody buckle your seat belts i've been hearing from both sound guy and evan Holy shit, dude, you're not going to believe what happened to me this weekend. So, Evan, you have the floor. Tell me what I've been missing. All right. So, I'm just going to tell you from Saturday night around like 2 a.m., it might have been in New Orleans. Um, Classic. And then like the next, you know, give or take 24 hours. <clears throat> Better not be Johnny Limo. So, no, no Johnny Limo. This guy, this puts Johnny Limo, this makes Johnny Limo look like Mother Teresa, I swear to God. Oh, so, wow. I'm walking home with like half the bachelor party I'm on. We're walking down Berman Street. We turn left on like Ophelia Street or whatever it is. We then turn right on our street, which is Daphne Street or something. And 20 steps on that street, we hear like five pops, which sound like gunshots. We all look at each other. We're like, was that real? Turn around. And I'm not kidding you. Like hundreds of people are sprinting, screaming like shooter, shooter, shooter. And we hear what? like eight more gunshots. Cars are driving the wrong way down one way, one ways. Cars are like speeding past us. We're all like freaking out. Luckily, like we live pretty close to there. Well, I guess luckily and unluckily, but we ran, like we ran home basically get back. We like jump on Twitter and we're like looking like bourbon street shooting, blah, blah, blah. Five people got shot like what? on the street, on the street. We were on like Holy literally if we had shit, left the dude. bar, if we had left the bar and this isn't even the craziest part, this is like the precursor. Jesus um, man. If we had left the bar five minutes later, like we would have been on the street, like in the mix. 
so that happens. Holy fuck. I mean, I wake up on Sunday and I'm just disheveled. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, that was crazy. Now it's like news. Like, everybody knows about it. People are texting me like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, like, I'm fine. Sorry, I didn't text. I didn't see the news. Otherwise, I would have probably. Yeah. No worries. I know you. I, I wouldn't have texted you, but that's okay. So I get to the airport flight, you know, I'm sitting next to someone you don't want to sit next to. A lot of size. Flight's yeah. awful. Thick. Whatever. I, I mean, I'm dead, dude. I just grinded three days in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. I have been. And it's hot. You know, yeah, it's hot. It smells like it's just disgusting city, but it was fun. But whatever. I'm ready. I'm ready to sit in my bed. I'm ready to lay down, watch fucking Netflix in AC and just like not talk to anyone. Yep. I unlock my padlock to my, to my apartment. I push my door in and my door catches on the chain lock on the inside. You know how you lock those on the inside? Yeah. My roommate's not there. I know he's, he's out east on Long Island. So I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, how the fuck is this locked from the inside? And somebody, a bald, naked, padded up guy sprints past me when I have the door open. And there's a homeless man who broke into my apartment, living in my apartment. What over the, the weekend? Fuck, dude. No, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck are you? Are you like, why are you in my fucking apartment? I'm like freaking out. Then I'm like, oh shit, like this guy might have like a like a knife, like whatever. So I like slam the door. I call the cops. I go outside my apartment. I'm like kind of standing near the door because I don't want the guy to like run out and get away. Yeah. But I'm like, he definitely like went through my window. Like, how could he have gotten in? So I call the cops. They come in like three minutes. We go upstairs. We they're like open the door, the chain's there. They're like, can we bust the door down? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, we gotta catch this fucker. Like, they pull their guns out. Like that, that, that got them hyped up too. I literally said, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. They pull the guns out, they bust the door down. I'm like, he ran that way. He probably went out my window. They like walk in, the window's wide open. My AC unit's like, so I live on the first floor of my building, but there's like a landing outside of our <clears throat> bedroom windows. So he pushed the AC unit like in or out, whatever. It was on the landing. So they're like, oh. yeah, def he definitely went out there. So they go out, they go out after him. All these buildings are connected on this landing. And there's a fire escape that goes up to taller buildings on like uh -huh. another street. So this guy's like running rooftop to rooftop. He took my duffel bags, like my Syracuse lacrosse duffel bag what? and packed them up with all my shit. So picture this like bald guy, like bald fucked up homeless guy, just running with like Syracuse lacrosse shit with like all my stuff. They catch him on the fire escape. They come back. They empty the bags. What he stole was, dude, it's like, it gets so crazy. What he stole oh. was like, he stole a duffel bag full of like my old shit, like gloves and helmets, like nice dude. He stole <laughs> iPad, laptop, like Xbox controller, like all this random shit, like money that was lying around, like fake ass chains, uh, <laughs> like chains that I bought as like a joke. Like he probably thought yeah. he's hit the jackpot. Dude, this dude took a red permanent marker, wrote like all over shit, like wrote all over my what, like furniture, dude? like wrote all over my desk for no fucking reason. He shaved his fucking head in my bathroom. Well, that's so fair. My, my bet. Yeah. I mean, he was like, Nick, I'll sell it so cool. I want to look yeah, like him. I, I mean, but I'm not going <laughs> to chirp that. Dude, he shaved his fucking head, but it like looked like his hair was long as shit. It's all over my bathroom. There's hair. Oh, God. Everywhere. So he wasn't bald going into this. No. And he, you, no, there's long hair. It's like if I shave my head with a straight razor. Oh, like fuck dude, this guy. Dude. He used my toothbrush that like I had there, like as like a comb, it looked like that was covered in hair. I'll show you the pictures after. So fucked up, dude. The place is trash. He's like booze everywhere. He's like spilling booze. There's like piss on the floor. He shit in my toilet and left the shit there. Didn't flush it. Like the flush is right there, dude. Like have some fucking class when you're in that apartment. <laughs> um, dude, the two things that I didn't get back were my basketball shoes and my ACC champions, <laughs> champions 
MVP watch. That's those are the two things that are still missing. Oh, uh, I filled out the police report. Um, but yeah, I haven't heard from the police. Basically, what he did was he climbed up. There's a fire escape that was like low enough for him to like get up and reach on 27th Street. I live on Sixth Avenue. Pulled that down. He climbed up. Then he was just like probing apartments. My roommate and I were gone. He probably saw our AC units were off, lights were off, probably still stick the place out for a little bit. Then he pulled my AC, pushed my AC unit in. And then he was just in our apartment. I don't know if he was there on Thursday when we left. I don't know if he was there on Sunday, but like my clothes were everywhere. Like I've been doing laundry all week. Oh. I had on Monday, I had to take off work. This is on Sunday too, after a fucking bender, dude. That's what I came home to. Like, could you oh. picture a worse thing for a hangover? I'm like, no, I can't, I, I can't picture anything worse. So I leave, I go to my girlfriend's like right after, yes, I have a girlfriend. I was like, I'm coming over. Like I'm leaving this place like this. I'll get like a cleaning service. Cleaning service comes the next day. Like they weren't in hazmat suits, but they might as well have been. We're just like bleaching the whole fucking place together. So I took off work and like had to do that. And I've just been like a fucking puddle trying to secure my apartment now. Like, how can I, can I drill my AC unit? No, that's like against some stupid ass law. Like, well, now we're putting up a fence like on my, on that little landing. So no one can like get in or out because our fire escape's not out there. Our fire escape's in another window. So there's no reason to be able to access that. So that's my Sunday. I don't even remember the bachelor party. All I remember is the shooting and the the robbery. That's it. <laughs> dude. How fucked is that, dude? Uh, okay. First off, yes, you were in New Orleans during a shooting. Sorry. That's stressful. Whatever. Bachelor party. It's hot. New Orleans smells like shit in August, apparently. So I had some friends that were in uh, New Orleans for a wedding. And I was like, oh, my God, I love New Orleans. I was there in like February. How was it? They were like, yeah, it sucks. It smells. I hate it. I was like, okay, perfect. Whatever. I'm not introducing you to Evan. It's fine. Being at your weakest moment and having a rat, fuck, homeless, whatever, tweaker, I so fuck, dude. I can't dude, believe. I, I truly can't believe that. Okay, so first off, let me let let me say this: if you were completely sober, like walking home from work with with a little bit of sleep in you, going into the situation, I'm like, man, that sucks. The fact that it was a New Orleans early August bachelor dude, party, yeah, I'm that's the fumes. biggest kick in the balls that anyone anyone has ever ever had in their life is this guy in jail i mean like he's probably out by now like get him to guantanamo so get him the to guantanamo so get him to the gulag i'm like googling it like yeah i'm googling like how can i get like this guy in more trouble like how can we I make sure this guy stays in jail he's probably i mean no one's home right now he's probably freaking having a party in my apartment right now oh <laughs> It's fucking bullshit, dude. It was crazy. That, that entire story. So the, the fact that you were you were leading into this with that you were hungover, this went from like, wow, like this guy probably should not be out on the streets. So like the fact that he did this to you at coming off of a New Orleans bachelor party, this guy needs to be in double quadruple Vladimir Putin fucked up secret service jail. I agree. I could not agree more. Like oh, Googling what's shit, probably going to happen to him like was so... That was the worst part. Have you like, fully this... recovered or are you still a little rattled? I mean, I'm still doing laundry. Like I slept in my place one night this week and I was like, Ugh, this is like just so brutal. Like I can't, 
it's like almost like too clean my place now that you know something happened you know like yeah it's, it's like, like super yeah, bleachy you, you yeah. they called in a cleaning service and then you walk and you're yeah, like yeah, okay like, like was yeah were both it's like they're cleaning up here? a murder yeah it was like, yeah. it was like they're cleaning up a murder so i mean we'll bounce back um it's it's a good story that's for sure but holy shit dude i was I was like, yeah, I can't wait to like tell all these stories from a bachelor party. And then sure enough, like I got this Dude, fuck the freak out. Party. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've been dealing with this week, <sighs> but still able to record the pod. Okay. So first off, when you said like, this makes Johnny limo seem like mother Teresa, I was like, there's no way because in the shit show group chat, people were buzzing. Everybody hates Johnny limo. <sighs> I'm I'm like upset right now. I I really can't figure out a way to to, to even continue this conversation. Nobody even me knows calling what to say. for like a war crime. People on are like, a homeless "What the guy. fuck are you talking about?" They like think I'm talking about the Airbnb in New Orleans. I'm like, "No, dude, my apartment in New York City. I came home to somebody in my apartment." When he sprinted past me, dude, I'm like, "Is this really happening?" Well, like I was okay. almost like, "Am I being punked?" I did. Did you ever have the sense to be like, oh, form tackle, like apprehend him myself? Or like, was his dick flopping around everywhere? And you were well, just like, there was one moment where I, st- I didn't run downstairs immediately. I stepped away. And I, when I opened my chain thing, my golf clubs are in, in our living room. And I was like, should I just grab my putter and try to fuck this guy up? But then I was like, nah, he could be crazy and have like a knife and like not, and like be on drugs where like he wouldn't even feel being hit with a putter, but he could stab me. So that's a good, that's a great, uh, like, did you ever watch that old show of like, which warrior would win? It was like yeah. on Spike TV. Yeah. Like, yeah who yeah. wins deadliest, a putter versus a tweaked warrior. out, like, yeah. yeah. An all American goalie with a putter versus like a tweaker with a knife. <laughs> but all right, that's Jesus, enough of that. Man. I'm sure that's going to get a lot of buzz. I fucking, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I can't think of a worse thing to happen to me in, in years. Um, maybe my entire life. No, so, that, that's a, that's a life change Threw everything out. Everything's out. I'm like buying all new shit. So that's bullshit. I also not, not that it's funny, but it is like, yeah, this guy was writing in red Sharpie everywhere. Yeah. Like, what you a know, fucking he, cocksucker. He Why? pushed all this shit. He stole all this shit and then he pooped and he didn't flush like the handles right there. I was like, that's not really on par with all the others. At least he didn't like shit on your bed or something. It's on the floor though. Yeah. He did use the toilet. It was probably his first toilet in years. Oh, dude, fuck. It was a soft ass poop, too. It was like a little, little poop. There is like there a is bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> How so, are we supposed to continue this episode now? I have a great segue. Um, Dan, free Dan. I don't know what happened to Dan. I don't know why he's stepping away from social media. And to try to suppress free speech on social media is complete bullshit. And we can't stand for it. I hope everybody realizes we are just having fun with podcasts, with Twitter about lacrosse. And we are not trying to, you know, big league anybody or make anybody feel bad. We're just telling the truth and speaking our feelings. So, okay. So let me just say for the rest of the episode, I'm not going to be able to think about anything other than, man, I would love to see Evan with a putter like tee off on this this guy that went and trashed his apartment so if i if i seem off for the rest of the episode just know that that's the reason (laughs) maybe we should have closed with that yeah and and i like my heart's going i'm like if if i walked into my apartment like some dude was i'm like ooh, is that the oklahoma drill 
but also does he have a knife? Okay. I was shaking. Yeah. You call the cops. Great, great response time by NYPD. They still owe me a phone call to close out the, the case, but great response time. Appreciate those guys chasing them down. Okay. So it, back intentionally to <laughs> moving past this, which is a, a huge ask, by the way, huge ask. Almost impossible. Like I, I almost can't. I like, I have so many questions, but we'll move past that. Yes. Dan Arestia, it was fucking sad because he was one of like, as, as a former PLL guy, you know, who all the media guys are, you know, about take back tie, you know, about all these guys that are writing about the media that don't really know shit that are probably just trying to get like, Oh, here's a, here's the personality of a player, whatever, what the players loved about Dan was that he would venture out and go against the grain because there's this weird cult thing when you get to the upper echelon of lacrosse, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, whether you're a media member, you know, like the media members of the PLL are a perfect example. Everybody is so, hey, this is the third year of the new professional league. Everybody needs to be all in on this to grow the game. They use that as a blanket to be exempt from any criticism at all. And what, what players liked about Dan Arrestia is that, hey, you know what? Regardless of who he is or what he played, you know, where he played or anything like that, he at least told the truth. When, when, when things were messed up, he would say, you know what? I think this is a little bit fucked up. Like, and the example is like, you know, I think like the Rowlett Nosegate. It was like, I think it's fucked up that Paul didn't, you know, he got one fifth the fine that Garrett Apple did when Godet had like a smite, you know, whatever that, that that's just an example. So I'll, I'll say this as far as like the arrest gate, it's bananas that you can leverage the term grow the game to try and have blanket immunity from any criticism. That's not how this works. And it's a true shame that he's been beaten down and called and done so much negativity towards him that he does not want to continue doing it. So where does that leave us? Evan, are we the pirate ship? Are we the last bastion of freedom in the lacrosse community? Um, I don't know. Dude, dude. I'm just, I'm mind blown. He does it for, he does it for fun. And he's like getting pushed out for having a fucking opinion. Does no one realize this is wrong? And like, why is this happening? Like, and I don't think he wants and to share what happened. Like, you, yeah. you look at his yeah. retirement thing. There were a lot of retweets. No one wants him to do it. Like, he's, he has a great relationship with everybody online. Like, it's fun. It's part of the community. Like, he literally had an opinion, and that was a problem. Like, I mean, we, we can go on for it, but I'm very, like, upset that that, like, that it gets Dude, that and, I, and I'm hearing, like, I'm hearing some stuff uh, pseudo-related to Dan, not coming from Dan directly, but, like, there have been a couple people that have leaked some things about what the what the front office of the PLL has said about me. I, like, not that it's time to go to war, but things are starting to get a little fucking weird, dude. Like, the, the fact that Dan Arrestia is getting so much negative energy that he has to quit and step back because he's like, listen, like I'm just doing this for fun. And yeah. now it's affecting like the, the, the fact that he said like the front office does not appreciate what I'm doing when he's being the most objective journalist out there by a country mile. Sure. It's a fucking joke. So I don't know, dude, it, it puts us in an interesting spot. I'll tell you that. I know that when he respond or like when he retired on Twitter, people were tagging us like me, you in the post game saying like, Hey, 
Yeah, like you know. job's really not finished now. <laughs> you thought the job wasn't finished before. Yeah. Now the job double quadruple secret. Yeah. Has the job finished. even started at this point? <laughs> yeah. I Dude, mean, we're I hiring mean, like, Colin. We might have to hire all of our fans just yeah. to start. I mean, we need a whole army of interns at this point just to, just to go to war. But yeah, Dude, you, man, you I, said I it well though. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. Like. It's one thing if it's personal. I know I sound a little personal, but the only reason I'm being personal is because it just isn't right. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I'll probably wake up tomorrow and like get fucking in trouble, but I don't give a fuck. Who knows? Uh, dude? <laughs> I'll probably get in trouble, too. It's like there's so, uh, you know, as we as we start discussing a website, which is going to be here one day. I always thought about doing this thing about like what's going good with the league and what's going bad with the league. Like, you know, from, from a player perspective, because I hear a lot and it's funny, like when we broke the Pinnell trade people that, that changed what we were doing because everyone was like, Oh, these guys can break news. It's why one of the players texted me about the guttering, um, the guttering grill trade, which by the way, we'll talk about in a second. We are so back, never been more back in my life. Um, but there's, there's like no outlet now there's no outlet for leaks. There's no outlet for criticism. There's no anything like that. And I just thought like, I remember going through this, this little mental training where I was like, okay, if I wrote something good about the PLL and if I wrote something bad about the PLL, like, Hey, here's what's going good. Here's what's going bad. You bet your ass that I, I would expect a phone call or a text or an email saying like, Hey, what the fuck was that talking about? Like how players Ubers aren't getting expensed or, or, you know, whatever, whatever the topic of the day that players are complaining about. So I don't know, man, it's like, I I'm so torn on leaning all in and, and just, doing that or not even pretending that it's real and just continuing to have it be light. So you, the shithead listener, you put pressure on us and decide, you know, tell us what to do. Hold on. My buddy's here. I got to let him in. (laughs) I give this, I give this big speech and now I see his, you know, his headphones hanging up in the mirror or in the, in the video and he's running away to go let the guy in. Boy, what a what a kick to the balls! You know what? We'll try to get back. Everything's out, going good. Let's uh, let's fine. go out as fine. soon as you're ready. I, I should be able to go. We're keeping this in, by the way. Sound guy, yeah. Don't let's give it this out. Jay McDermott's here. Who's that? Former teammate at, at Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, he didn't make the scout. Not for me. He made the scout. He started. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I just wanted to say that. I didn't make the scout. <laughs> Yeah, my scout said shoot <laughs> yeah good put it on cage um okay so we touched on it earlier after you completely just absolutely slashed my tires of uh of that momentum we're not going to talk about it are we all the right. best journalist of all time again we broke the gutterding trade first off does that trade make sense at all or am i just going banana land wacko tobacco so like I don't think he's having the best the best season right now, but no, it makes no sense. Um, by the friend way, friend of the I podcast, heard, Justin. Sorry about that. But uh, Nick lost the audio, so great interview. That will never happen. Um, sound guy. I heard a crazy rumor <clears throat> that Nick Grill and Simon Matthias played it in the tournament War at the Shore, and they played against uh, Jim Stagnita's son. And Jim Stagnita's son told Jim Stagnita that they did that. And then the kids got suspended. And that's why they put Grill in the trade. Now, I don't know if that's true. I'm just really the rumors out. Is that a like, rumor or a rumor? It's a rumor. It's a rumor. 
I don't know if that's what drove the trade. I mean, like that's, that's a hot, hot rumor. That's that's on the press that I got uh, brought in on and it's a reliable, a reliable source. Sorry, I'm bourbon. It's a reliable source. All right. Well, fuck it. You know, what? we'll, we'll label that as uh is, is it red, green, or yellow on the Jeff T to Rob Pinnell scale? Oh shit. I'd say yellow. I'd okay. say, I'd say, I'd say lemon lime. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Fancy dick. Fuck yeah. But yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. Like guttering's been, been good in the league, even if it's eight games, like you can't take a sample size of eight games. It's like saying Connor Fields wasn't good because of bubble last year. Do you have the conspiracy so that this is Hogan can get a ring on the whip snakes? Cause the whip snakes absolutely fleeced them. I mean, he's going to be off the saints roster. Once Michael Thomas is healthy, so who you knows? Think so Maybe. you think they'll take Michael Thomas over him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like the the Chrome took Nick Grill over Justin Gutterdick, so maybe they'll just take Chris Hogan. <laughs> what a wild, crazy journey it's been! All right, well, you know what? That's about all we got because. Uh, but as credit far to as the breaking I mean, news. Not credit to us for breaking that. Yeah, everyone so, was doubting us too. Like, is this true? And then like people were like, "Well, they messed up one rumor." And it's like, well, we know what we're fucking talking dude, about, dude. By the way, I love that I was like, "Yo, Jeff Teat's dad, uh, we got to confirm oh, yeah. this." And then and then he responded. He was like, yeah. "Yeah, you know, I'm just getting used to it." There's a guy taking his shirt off in the background there. Um, tell him what's up for me. Oh, you can see him in the reflection. Yeah, I yeah, can see him in the reflection jacked. of the mirror. He's put on a fresh white tee, boy. Yeah, he is. What a loser. What's up, Jay? Could never be me. <laughs> um, okay, kicking it over to the next topic. We need to figure out who we're hiring as an intern. I'm going to hereby officially declare that we're going to announce next week. And by the way, if you're one of our piece of shit interns and you saw what go- what was going on with Kulin today, the fact that he went and bought a non-alcoholic IPA, poured it out, for Dan Arestia in the Trader Joe's parking lot and just started talking to some random person walking to their car about like, yo, you hear Dan retired? PLL insider. I like, I love what we do is phenomenal. Like our memes and our bits are, are undefeated. That's one of the best things that I've ever seen in my life. Just him being a fucking creep in the Trader Joe's parking lot. That's one of the best good. things. Yeah. He, he's been crushing the content game. He's definitely separating himself with the content. His Twitter is <laughs> funny too. It's not bad. I mean, he's a little too active. I'm like, yo, chill. Um, but I got to say, like, if I'm voting right now, it's Colin. And there's nobody that's a close second. Definitely not uh, Winstrom, who fell off. Uh, Tommy Burke's kind of taking a step back yeah. and then, uh, you know, trust fund kid has, I don't think he's responded to anything. Not that we've reached out, but yeah, he's, he's totally out, but he's having fun doing whatever he's doing. He honestly had a pretty impressive resume, to be honest. He does some funny shit, but yeah. I don't know where he is. No, he, he doesn't. He, um, it's not a good cultural fit. You know, if you're betting on a horse, I would bet on cooling. Yeah. Uh, we we should put out odds. Yeah, drafting just futures. completely fleece all of our fans. <laughs> Not hire anyone. Yeah, yeah. All nobody put it on uh, on green for roulette. Um, we're actually canceling the podcast. Uh, okay, so Coolin, great job. Um, 
I actually gave him my number. So this, this is just like how stupid it is behind the scenes. So I DM'd him and I was like, yo, great job with the content. Like, here's my number, text me. And he's like, hey, what's up? This is Colin. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not even engaging him in conversation. I'm just seeing who has the chops to make it through the hazing seminar because we need to bring back cyberbullying. So if Colin lasts through this, uh, this initial text message, then good on him, but we need to have a conversation. What are we calling uh, the fans of the post game? I think posties is like the obvious choice. I think dipshits is, is like my, my favorite thing. So we didn't work workshop it at all. Uh, no, I, I didn't come in with any ideas. I saw this on the, on the show notes and I was like, I'm not, I'm just going to say dipshits and, and try and yeah. go for it. I mean, we can just say our fans until someone comes up with something. Yeah. We are uh, podcast of the fans. The fans should come up with their own names. Maybe we should put it in the Friday shit show group chat, which by the way, those are going really yeah, well. I really like, I, were you so pumped that I joined that like shit face in New Orleans? So first off, I was excited, but the fact that you had like 35 likes in about 10 <laughs> seconds, the people were loving it. So I don't think anyone expected that to come through, but no. I, sure enough, I did. Dude, and uh, <laughs> fuck, I hate trying to like talk through memes uh, on the show, but someone was like that, uh, that like, you know, last, last second, fourth quarter, you need to stop. And they posted yeah. you in that basketball. Yeah, jersey. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Damian Lillard college jersey. We're, uh, we might have to steal that and post it. Sound guys, steal that and post it to Twitter. And don't, <laughs> don't credit whoever, whoever sent that in. Do you have anything other than the posties? Because I'm not really putting any thought into that. I'm already totally nah. buzzed. I mean, we could just punt this to next next week and figure that out. It's fine. All right, we're we're punting the intern hiring. We're punting the name. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, all right, congrats to friend of the pod, Jake Marsh, for crushing it on the cock. I actually think he did really well. Yeah, although he's going on the crease dive tomorrow, so fuck him now. Yeah, I was gonna say. So just just throwing it out there, there are rivals. All right, it, it's us or them. It's the crease dive or the post game. You can't be both. You can't like us both. You can't say this is number one and this is number two. You have to say this is who I'm loyal to and this is my enemy. You can't be a fan of the Nazis and of the Alliance. All right. It can't be the axis of evil. All right. It can't be the orcs and it can't be, you know, uh, fuck, I'm trying to think of rivalries. Ohio State, Michigan, Slytherin, Gryffindor. All right. This is this big of a rivalry. Choose us or never listen to us again. Let's alienate all of our listeners who like the post or uh, who like the crease dive. You in? Oh, I mean, I'm in, you know, I'm in, I don't give a fuck. All right, done. <laughs> I was just responding to them like 15 times. Like how's the weather down there? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that guy tweeted out like the rankings of, uh, Oh yeah. yeah. I love that. Podcast. I hope we stay at the top forever. <sighs> I mean, we better, as soon as he's not, I'm like, yo, this, this doesn't even matter. Like, yeah. This yeah. Is of just course. One That's like the easiest thing. bit to, to run with. Yeah. we're listening to this guy <laughs> yeah fuck that um all right let's blast through these last few topics uh dylan malloy debut first off credit to us for getting dylan signed jobs not finished jobs double not finished with dan arrestia and jobs quadruple not finished because this psycho lunatic bald homeless guy is running free in the streets and we need to <laughs> i don't want to say execute because that's a harsh word but yeah, we need to impressive. we need to take care of this this situation so credit to us for, for getting Dylan Malloy back. He scored. The only thing that was super interesting is they actually brought up the fact that there were rumors that he was getting blackballed on the broadcast. 
I couldn't believe when that happened. And I feel like we, we are moving the needle on lacrosse media because we made such a stink about jobs not finished. We made such a stink about you not getting signed that they had to address it because people would have known, like, what's the deal? Why wasn't Dylan do you think he got, earlier? Do you think he got slapped on the wrist for, for saying that? Do you think they were like, don't talk about that after he said it? Um, I either, I, I think one of two things, it was either premeditated and they were like, Hey, here's your script for making light that he was blackballed and like feeding the trolls on Twitter. Or, uh, that guy's like, you know, Mike Rabel's calling him like fucking red in the face, bitching him out. There, yeah. There's no, I feel like, I feel like they were like, Hey, like, it's fine, but don't say that again. That's, that's oh, my I don't think sense. so. Which that's, like that's everything I say, I like, has definitely happened. So we're going with that. Yeah. That's what happened. All right. That's fair. Um, I think it was a premeditated script where they were like, Hey, I didn't actually like, he, I heard like, I heard what sound guy sent us, but was that the whole thing? Just yeah. like him saying that? Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. And there were rumors that he yeah. was blackball, but he was sitting yeah. in the player pool the whole time. Yeah. And like, if, if war comes to war, like I have the receipts. So, you know, yeah. all right. Last couple of things, TD and writers matching outer banks outfit. That is absolutely. You're getting thrown in cloud jail. TD's ego is getting out of control. Um, writers having an impression on him, which is a terrifying prospect. Um, writers should not be influencing anybody, let alone young, impressionable, sweet, innocent Tristan. And um, I don't know. I thought it was a stupid thing. I was like, oh, yeah, God, I didn't really get it. About our banks. Like, I don't get I don't it. I don't watch the show. Grow up. Yeah, I don't watch it either. So I wasn't really sure um, what to think. All right, done. Check that off the list. Shit show. What but, delays and oh. <laughs> One thing that I forgot to mention was the Twitter account that made uh, that got the PLL to retweet them, and it said retweet if you're blackballing oh, and blowing. Yeah. So they basically had like a normal account and then tweeted like all this stuff hyping up the PLL and waited for them to retweet it, and then they changed their name to retweet if you're blackballing and blowing, which was unreal troll game. I don't know who that kid is. He also hasn't been very funny after that, but that was a very great troll. Top so top tier troll. The funny part too is like if if you're on Twitter at all, you realized instantly that like his tweet to get retweeted by the PLL was such a fucking like bait. It was like enjoying watching the game exclamation point. I love at Premier Lacrosse League. Yeah, it's so funny. I was like that. Like if if you're running Twitter and if you know Twitter, you know that that's like hey something's wrong. It's it's like that uh that gif with i don't know whatever it's mad max it's like that's bait yeah so yeah, literally that's like you gotta know that's a troll but they've yeah, done worse props. they've they've fallen for worse i think it's still on i think it's like still on yeah the no it is still. it is it is <laughs> god that's incredible um i think that's about it do we have anything else um just like the well, the weather delays, but I don't know if you want to get into that. I actually kind of I kind of have to go because I'm in Placid. Yeah. By the way, go get tomorrow it. I'm playing this shitty ass Placid team that like always stacks their team. It's called GMH. It's bullshit. I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow. All right. I hate GMH. Do we hate GMH? Yeah, everyone hates GMH. Like that right. is definitely a push. Are they like the FCA avail? Um, yeah. Pretty. Are much. they sober? <laughs> yeah. It's like the first team, first and second team All Americans. Losers. <clears throat> Jack, call this an Uber, by the way. Um. <laughs> Do you, right on the uh, pod. I'm flying around. I'm calling him. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, give me like three players on the team so that we can hate them. Drake Porter. <laughs> loser. Loser. Um, I don't know who else they have now, but like last time we played them, had like JT Giles Harris and like all those kids. You they know? have any good players? 
Just kidding. JT. Foster Cuomo. Uh, Frank, uh, Foster Cuomo. He was good. Romar um, Dennis. No, he's not on it. <laughs> they actually had some kid from Cabrini who is like the best player there, which is like always funny when those kids are better than the D1 guys. Um, but hopefully he's not there. Yeah. Um, fuck, fuck that Cabrini kid. Yeah. Last thing I want to plug, a little bit of a low note. Um, yep. So I'm sure it. everybody's heard about the you know tragic accident that occurred um, <clears throat> out east on Long Island that involved uh, three kids from my hometown. Uh, so Ryan Keese and then brothers James and Michael Farrell. Um, there was also uh, Ryan Keese's girlfriend, Brianna, was also in the car. Um, and everybody involved uh, sadly passed away. Besides Brianna, she's in critical condition. Uh, the reason why we're plugging this, um, one, just, just want to speak on it, but two, she's currently raising funds. It's actually a Venmo account, Funds for Brianna. We'll, we'll tweet it out, um, but just wanted to you know, make sure everybody's aware and, and doing their part to donate. Obviously a terrible situation, but um, if anyone can you know, help Brianna pull through, um, she can obviously use the help. So uh, praying for her, pulling for her, but did want to plug that uh, before we signed off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those are some good friends that are near and dear to us. Um, you know, I have some very close families. I don't even know if they want me to you know, say who they were that were asking us to raise awareness. So I'll, I'll keep that disclosed, but um, obviously tragic situation, Evan, I know it hits, uh, you know, pretty close to home for you. Um, but the at for the Venmo is at GoFundBM, G-O-F-U-N-D-B-M. All right. And the, uh, it'll be funds for Brianna with a purple heart. Um, some really good families, very good friends, lifelong friends of mine have, uh, have, have asked us to reach out and spread the word. So when we launch this episode, We'll put the Venmo out there um, and then we're going to do our thing and no such thing as slacktivism. So I'm going to uh, empty my Venmo account, which, you know, whether it's five bucks or whether it's a hundred, I, I haven't even checked. Um, but I'm going to be sending some, uh, some funds over there. And then in the same way, if, if you're a fan of this, like the, the entire lacrosse community is, is so tight knit and we don't ask you for anything. We, you know, we ask you to buy beef jerky and to use sideline swap. And yes, those are important. But in, in times like these, let's fucking get out, encourage your friends to do so, put it in your group chats and let's make this, uh, you know, let's try to make this a thing. So, you know, Brianna, real tough draw, um, obviously a tragic situation. And, um, you know, let, let's make sure that she's taken care of because she's been a fantastic member of the lacrosse community. So with that being said, Evan, am I missing anything on that story or situation? Nope. Just like great kids. I, I knew James the best. Um, he was like right. an awesome guy. Uh, didn't know the younger brother too much. Knew Ryan decently well. I was in his older sister's class. Um, so, you know, like close to home, great families, great kids. Just heartbreaking to hear. But again, like you said, I mean, there, there is an impact that people can still make to, to help the situation. So just asking everybody to do their part. Got it. Well, on that somber note, um, we will kick it over to Kyle Hartzell. Uh, actually, a phenomenal interview, and not to uh, great interview. Yeah, yeah. Not to get like way too Curve excited ball. about it. Yeah. Um. Right after that note, but we'll kick it over to Kyle. Hall. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll kick it over to Kyle Hartzell. Um. Thanks for coming on, Kyle. And if you're listening, get your hand out of your pants and go and Venmo Brianna. All right. Here's Kyle Hartzell. All right. Hey, hell of an interview. All right. Hell of an interview. The haters and the losers of which there are many have been begging for this interview. All right. So Maryland kid, 
went to Salisbury, MLL All-Star, PLL All-Star, NLL Champion, Team USA, you name it, he's probably accomplished it. The reason why everybody wants this, though, and we'll dive into this beef real quick, welcome to the postgame, Kyle Hartzell. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Nothing, man. What's going on, guys? Just out here in uh, Utah, so can't complain. Dude, your Instagram fucking cracks me up every single time. You're like a mountain man, like a 21st century mountain man where you're just off firing, you know, arrows into people, doing all kinds of shit. Uh, what are you coming from right now? Um, right now, I'm just, uh, just got done with my dog walker. I was uh, doing a little training with dogs and then um, just mountain biking and washed my mountain bike off. So headed home and um, pretty easy day. Yesterday, I was uh, in the backcountry scouting for elk. I hiked around like 26 miles, so a little shot. So I'm looking forward to going to bed tonight. So, what kind of dogs you have? I got two Dogo Argentinos, uh, Harper and Hank. Um, I originally got them in Texas um, to hunt pigs. I had a property out in Texas that I um, hunted off of, and there was a lot of pigs, and I got pig dogs for it. And it was fun for a little bit, and then um, you kind of getting hung up sometimes and the boar, uh, the boars have giant tusks and I almost got clipped a couple times. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to, um, get hang this up. So now they're just house dogs and, um, I take them hunting with me. So that's pretty much it. Do, do they like being house dogs or did you force them into that lifestyle? <laughs> um, no, I, I still want to take them out. Um, my female Harper, she's trained to blood track, so I'll use her sometimes, but, um, yeah, they don't like that lifestyle very much, I don't think. Classic. And follow-up question, are you a vegetarian or no? I am, yes, I am a vegetarian that, uh, <laughs> that hunts animals. No, I'm, I'm, I eat meat. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was serious. I'm like, what? Jesus, <laughs> Evan, take a hint, like, buddy. This guy's the craziest person if he's a vegetarian and does all this bullshit. But. I, don't, I don't know anybody that does that, but that would be an interesting, that would be an interesting Dude, I twist. Mean, like, oh, you're a vegetarian, but you murder animals. I just don't get that. I obviously don't know you at all. So like, I didn't know like what to peg you as. And I was not expecting like mountain man. Like I got two beast of dogs. I'm hunting shit every day. So yeah. Yeah. I, the vegetarian would have just been added to that. They just would have thought you were a serial killer. <laughs> Jesus, Evan. Okay. So Kyle, you know that, uh, you know that Evan is very vulnerable or uh, uh, gullible. Dude, I told you not to tell anyone I'm vulnerable. Yeah. All right. Speaking well, of vulnerability, like- I'm segueing right now because we got to get the- this is basically like if Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau were on a, a Zoom call <laughs> with me. So let's t- like let's talk the beef. I-, I think like I don't even really remember how it started, but I know how it transpired. I kind of want to get like from both your perspectives, how things started. I know like sometimes when I get in fights with people, like it's usually Ty Xanders and I usually win, but I'll be like, Oh fuck. Like, are we really getting there? Like, are we really going at each other like this? So I kind of want your guys like perspective of how it started and bubbled up and then we can get to the squashing, which I don't think anyone has the detail on. So I Kyle, actually can- never, I actually never got the debrief yeah, I, from I, you, Kyle. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Kyle, we'll kick it over to you first as the guest. Speaking uh, speaking of Ty Zander, I had to formally make an apology to him. <laughs> to do it, so yeah. Was, uh, I, yeah, at least we have a Venn diagram of like, and in the middle, it's just like, fuck Ty Zander's. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't, I had to, it was drafted for me. It was, it was a mess. So that was, uh, but yeah. anyway, the, uh, yeah, there was a tweet, I guess I had sent. Um, I don't even, I don't even know the date of it, but it resurfaced when we got back to the Brumba bubble time. Um, Along the lines of a thousand dollars, Nick Osella doesn't make a roster. Nick Osella made a roster, and then um, yes, it just sir. got brought up. 
it just got brought up and then it created a massive, I mean, huge whirlwind. Um, you know, people talking shit to me, me and Nick going back and forth. Uh, I think a couple other people might have got involved and then um, ultimately uh, paying the money, um, which pretty much ended all of it. It kind of lingered a little bit, but like I said, I had to apologize to Ty Zanders out of it. I was just in a, <laughs> I, was an, I was an angry man in the bubble via COVID and there's a lot of things going yeah. on. No, understandable. How were you? I'm sure that was like a throwaway tweet. Like, I'll just fucking chirp Nick here. And then like, when you saw the backlash, were you like, oh, fuck, like yeah. what did I just fucking do? <laughs> yeah, Twitter's, man, Twitter's a wild place. I mean, yeah. it'll, I mean, you look at cancel culture now, but I mean, it was like, I was like, holy shit, this is getting a lot of attention. And um, I mean, it got a shit ton of engagement. Like the PLL media people were like, this is like getting the most engagement out of any of our shit. So <laughs> Um, I think they enjoyed it because RJ's got the camera in our yeah. faces. He's like, what's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to play with Cross. Like, fuck, thing's going to happen. But um, <laughs> no, that, that was fun dealing with that. And then obviously after paying the money, we raised some money out of it. And it uh, led to good thing. But yeah, it was a mess. Dude, it was. So that that's like the entire thing. And, I, and like, so I actually had forgotten that you tweeted <laughs> that. And I think the first person that brought it back up was like Barstool Jordy. And he was like, yo, like Hartzell, you going to pay up for the kids? Like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh yeah, he did tweet that. Like, this will be funny to, uh, this will be funny to like run with. And then, so I'm curious because when, when we were going back and forth, there was about a three day stint where like, I fucking hated you because you were chirping me and everything you said was like kind of true. You were like, well, the rosters are bigger. So you probably wouldn't have made it if the rosters were the normal size. And I was like, fuck you. But there's, there's validity to that. You know, I'm not the skinniest, most in shape man in America. And then you're like, yeah, see you on the sidelines when someone else needs a break. And I was like, well, I haven't started a game in a while. I am kind of the guy that comes in. Um, so there was like, we, we started getting a little personal and I fucking loved that everything that you said was valid, but everything that I came back with was like, well, fuck you. You're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody ever took what you were saying seriously, even though you were making really valid points. That was yeah, my great favorite points. part of the whole thing. Yeah. I think the no, public were, matter, on, were on Kyle's side, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to lie, but Nick, you persevered. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like everything, I feel like everything I said, no one acknowledged. It was just, uh, everybody was in Nick's, in Nick's corner yeah. the entire time. So I had to make apology. I had to make that apology. was the hardest. That I, was the hardest Nick trained for years. Like no, forget Notre Dame. Yeah. Even his year in football. When, once there's a Twitter beef involved, he's like, it's like the Rocky montage of Nick like chopping wood in the snow in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you this too, like you, you mentioned it earlier. So like, I think that was the perfect storm because everybody in America and everybody in the world was like sitting on their thumb because of COVID. So I feel like yeah. the literally the entire lacrosse community was like, oh, we, we got some yeah. beef here. We need like, this. Fucking pick a side. We need this. We need, you know, this, this butting of the heads. And now everything was, was exploding. And I will say, I still get questions to this day. And I know that we talked about this when we went and got uh, some cocktails in Utah, but like I'm out here coaching in sun Valley and they're like, yo, like what's the deal with you and Kyle. And it's bullshit because that it's like that and blaze are the only two things that I've ever uh, like been known for in my career. And I remember asking you, I was like, do you get asked about it? And you were like, no, not really. And it's like, well, fuck you. You probably have like actual accomplishments to talk about. And everyone always asked me about heart, soul and blaze. How often do you still get asked about it? 
Um, not anymore. I mean, right fresh out of the bubble when I was doing clinics, kids would ask about it. But as time went along, um, less and less people uh, talked about it. But it was funny. A couple of kids were like, yo, what's going to happen? You got to fight? I'm like, no, guys. It's like it was on social media. We played each other. It was over. Like, it is what it is. But people actually thought, like, there was going to be, like, a fight or something. Dude, but, social um, media is a wild place. Yeah. Like, people wild get place. fucking rattled. I'll say that set, that set the standard for like lags Twitter beef stuff. I think yeah. that's that really got it to a point where like I mean people talk shit to each other every day now. I yeah. feel like I'm getting in a fight every day now. Like holy shit! Like, am I gonna lose this one and get canceled? Like I don't know, dude. And the and the funny part too is like you know Kyle just mentioned it, but the amount of like engagement and impressions and shit like that, like Rabel has Crazy. no reason to talk about me on spit and chicklets, but because it was like starting to blow up on social media. I remember there, yeah. like, before, like, I don't know, like, a day before we played you guys, Rabel came over and was like, yo, like, did you like the shout-out I gave you on on Spit and Chicklets? And Part of my take. I rem- huh? Part of my take. Not no, it was, uh, he did both, but it was it was Spit and Chicklets at the time. Oh, shit. I yeah, thanks that. for correcting me on the things that I know. So. <laughs> I, listen, I listen to Chicklets. Like, yeah. they didn't have Rabel on. Yeah, they did. I right. fucking promise. Okay. Either way, shut up. <laughs> um... But Rabel was like, yo, you like the shout out I gave you? And I remember he gave like a very neutral take. He was like, yeah, Nick's talking shit to Kyle. Kyle's talking shit to Nick. We'll see what happens in this upcoming game. And I was like, no, fuck no. Like I'm burying Kyle on it on Instagram or whatever. And like, you didn't give me the fair thing. And he was like, dude, like, what did you want me to do? And I was like, yeah, fuck, you're right. Um, so All right, I'll admit that you were right too. I just Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. As you should. Um, fuck. So, okay. So here's another question. When I texted you to meet up in the lobby, um, did I think we were fighting? What was that? I said when you texted me, I think we were going to fight in the lobby. No, no, no. I didn't text you we were going to fight. I was like, "Hey, dude, <laughs> the original hotel lobby." Hand. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm way too big. Of meet a me in the lobby in five minutes. Now, <laughs> meet me out at the flagpole at noon. Um, <laughs> no, but oh so God. so when I texted you. Uh, I think it was like a pretty big deal for the Redwoods. Uh, what were the Atlas guys saying about this beef? Because the Redwoods kind of turned it into a bit where like, if someone showed up late to the bus, like we just paid a fine to the owls and like people were like spreading the GoFundMe that we started and everything like that. Like were, were any of your Atlas teammates talking about it or was it kind of just like, yo, our, our team's a fucking disaster anyways. Nobody's talking. <laughs> No, I think the second one. I mean, nobody really, nobody really talked about it. More along the lines of, I mean, there was stuff. People were like, are you gonna pay? Are you gonna do this? And then stuff like that, but nothing, nothing serious at all on it. I mean, people loved it. I mean, on the bus, they were constantly talking about it. Just like, what are you gonna do about this? I'm like, nothing. I'm not gonna do anything. There's nothing to do about it. It's on Dude. digital media. I can't do anything. And how fucking <laughs> boring, like. Well, there was nothing else to do. So I, I remember like actually what, the, the reason the, the reason I the one of the final moments where like I was getting really trashed, I was walking down the hallway to lunch and Brody Merrill um was walking down the hallway and me and him were talking. He's like, Hey man, you know, I, you know, you know I I love you and uh just pay it. It's just it's just not worth it. Just pay it. Because <laughs> he was seeing Brody because Brody <laughs> was seeing all the engagement on Instagram. He's like, dude, just 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 get it over with. Just pay it. Yeah. And it'll all stop, just pay it. I'm like, all right, that's a good point. It's so fucking stupid, especially so like when you when you put all of us in a bubble and when you give us nothing to do. I remember like you you tweeted something at me. Uh, I don't know some true chirp that definitely didn't hurt me. You know I wasn't hurt. I wasn't rattled. 
even though it yeah, was you were. Yeah, you Fuck. Were. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I remember like we opened it up. We had like a focus group. We had a panel. We were workshopping jokes. So it took me like 20 minutes and I got like 15 people's input. And that was like the only entertainment. Oh, God. And that was the only thing, like everybody was, was realizing like, yo, Nick, you're really funny and quick witted. And I'm like, buddy, I'm working with a team of writers. I got fucking <laughs> everybody working for me. The That's why it was so good. Yeah. It was Kyle versus a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the bubble. Nick, Nick's not worried about anything. I'm like, yeah. sleep at night. And you got 13 writers. Oh, yeah. Not to get like serious on the topic, but did like, after that all happened, were they like, were you asked to like, not be on social media after that because i feel like you like did step away what was um, the deal with that if you don't mind sharing no they told i mean i had to write a formal apology to ty zanders and they were like <laughs> just stop doing they were like just stop doing that because i guess i don't know if there was i don't know what the heck was being said yeah. to them but um no i kind of actually took a break from social media just because i was tired of like all the negative stuff on it um and yeah. i've kind of continued to this day um i really don't post as much as i used to because it's just like I, I just like when COVID wasn't around, I just felt like my head was in the phone constantly. And then it took me to COVID. I was like, I'm just constantly on my goddamn phone. So I kind of got off that. I kind of limit to just maybe posting Instagram's kind of been around once a week, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I got, I've gotten away from it. It's super, super, super toxic. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing on there, but well, everybody, everybody on the app, app loves Nick. You're like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a crock of shit. So, I, I, so think, I, but I think that situation definitely, I mean, it wasn't, I, that's not why I did it, but I think yeah. definitely saw from that situation and how that transpired. I was like, holy shit. There's a lot of people. One, there's a lot of people out there that hate me. And two, it's like, there's a lot of negativity out there. Yeah. I think hate's a strong <laughs> word, but people do like to jump on like pile on. No, so, stuff. so when, when I'm coaching, I, I kind of use that, like, especially right out of COVID when we were uh, like, you know, we weren't coaching because that would have been illegal, but when we were coaching, they were like, yo, like, do you hate Hartzell? And I'll be like, okay, everybody bring it in. Yeah. Twitter's <laughs> not a real fucking thing. Like everybody needs to relax and stop. And they were like, yeah, but do you remember when he said this and this and this? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, hey, raise your hand if you know that Kyle paid $1,000 to charity yeah. and we raised a shitload of money. And they'd be like, oh, did he? And and when I, when I started realizing like how many people asked about it and how few people, even though I made a post about it and like we talked about it and we like did that hashtag like Kyle paid the owls. Everyone was like, oh yeah, but like I thought you hated this guy. And I was like, dude, like you're, you're totally missing the point. And then you know, we, we have like all these college kids that are trying to apply for this internship and like all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, you need to understand that Evan and I are in a place where we've earned being complete pieces of shit on social media. Like you're an, yeah, an I really earned it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> earned it. Big, yeah. I put my time, maybe, son. <laughs> I mean, maybe the next, I mean, maybe, I mean, we've pretty much uncovered a great way to raise money. Just Twitter beef and people throw cash at us. Maybe we like yeah. have somebody have their phone out. Me and you just, I don't know, we're on the street. We just start fist fighting and they're like, no, we hate each other again. And like, uh, make them pay money again. And we'll just raise a bunch of money again. Like, I oh, don't know, we're kidding. Yeah. We could do a fake rough and rowdy and just raise money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then No one will be uh, like mad. They just be like disappointed, but they're not gonna be like, give us our money back. It's like, go yeah, to charity. I'll do the Jose Canseco, take a dive and be like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. got a hundred thousand, but we raise money. <laughs> oh. Perfect. All right. Should we jump into, so, I mean, like we go, th go through everybody's backgrounds. I mean, I think we're good on the, on the Twitter beef. Appreciate you diving into that a little bit too. I think everybody's yeah, going to no love problem. that. But, uh, no problem. so like we ask all of our uh, guests, like exactly how did you get into lacrosse? Like what, what, uh, brought you to the game? 
Um, in high school, so I went to uh, school in Baltimore, Archbishop Curley, um, and then I was a soccer player, played basketball, um, and I'd never played the sport of lacrosse, and my high school coach was recruiting players to play, and I picked up a stick in the ninth grade, and I played attack um, at Curley for four years, and then that's kind of how I got the stick in my hand, just my high school coach recruiting guys, just recruiting football players, kind of to build the team and make it better than it was. It was a complete crap. Now they're good today, but when I was there, it was kind of the beginning phase of them kind of getting to where they are today. But um, yeah, we weren't very good when I was there, but I had a ton of fun playing it. And it was either to play soccer in college or lacrosse. And um, I went to community college. Um, actually, no, let me back that up. I went to Villa Julie, the Stevenson is now, but when it was Villa Julie, the most complete shit show program <laughs> you have ever seen in your life. I show up to the first day of practice. I forget who the coach was. Um, there might've been like five kids there. And like one, I think I'm almost certain the goalie was smoking a cigarette when I walked up <laughs> and like, it's just five of us there. I'm like, let's say like, this is ball ball. I'm like, where the hell is the rest of the team at? And then I played the alumni game. And after that, I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. This school sucks. Um, left. And then Paul actually, Paul Canaby would have been there when I got there. He came in the next year and obviously turned it around. They won a national championship. I probably would have stayed, but um, went to junior college for two years and um, then went to Salisbury. So how'd you become an LSM if you played attack? Like, what, did you have like a moment where someone's like, dude, this is not for you? Or yeah. were you just like more <laughs> yeah. athletic? No, I was actually a good offensive player. And then um, one of my teammates went down um, at Essex Community College. That was my freshman year, I think. Um, and then my buddy who was starting, he went to UMBC. He was super good. He's actually in special forces right now. He's been serving the country in special operations for uh, over a decade now. But um, okay. I backed him up. I backed him up. He went to UMBC. He was like one of the greatest athletes I've ever been around. Um, but now he's killing terrorists, which is probably his perfect job for him. But he, uh, <laughs> my coach, is like hey, hell of an hey, athlete. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're short on poles. Do you want to? You know, you're really athletic. We think you'd be good at this. And I was like, I'm in junior college. I'm not going to go play anywhere. Like, so picked up the long stick, and then it became like second major team. I was really good with it, and um, yeah, got recruited. Didn't really get recruited by Salisbury. They're like, hey, you can walk on if you want. Uh, walked on there with like 95 kids, made the team, and the rest is history. So when you say the rest is history, did you just show up and kick the shit out of like the other 95 kids? Like saying the rest is history is compressing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Into like I mean, how much? Words. I mean, how much? How much? How much time we have? No, I'm um, <laughs> no. There's you show up to Salisbury, like they just have a ton of walk-ons there. I don't know if is it, this is like this anywhere Syracuse, Notre Dame, but like there was so many damn kids uh, that walk on there and he literally holds tryouts and then cuts like, I would say half of them pretty much after that. Maybe it's gotta be more than that, but kids show up. They're like all Americans in high school, best at their position. They just get whacked um, right, right off the bat. So dude, I no, love I kinda... that because there are so many people that are like, Oh, you know, I was sick on my high school team. Well, yeah. And then you just got your shit pushed in by, you yeah. know, fucking some random guy that just picked up a pole that was dude. playing soccer two years ago. I mean, our we club, would... our club lacrosse team there, they would win. They literally win every year because it was the kids that got, and that, that's not bad, nothing bad to them. It was super competitive, but like they got cut and then they played club ball, but they won the club term every year. Cause that was like a second team. They were really good. Um, but yeah, it sucks. Cause comes down to a numbers game, right? So, yeah, there's, 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 winners, there's winners and losers. We would have kids try out, and we're like, dude, this kid's fucking good. But, like, they wouldn't cut some sophomore who, like, you know is never going to play, but they, like, want to give him a chance because he was an actual recruit. I'm just like, yeah, ah, like, I think we stick this guy. Like, he's for me. <laughs> I haven't saved one of his shots, and this kid can't catch and throw, but somehow you recruited him and not him. But. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, uh, did you ever consider playing college football? 
Um, no, I never. I actually oh, that's never crazy! Got, you wow, soccer, that's, yeah, it's, you know, it's a special. It's a different breed of people that do that. Yeah, so. it, that is a different breed of people that do that. Uh, no, I never got into. I never got into football. I don't know how, but um, yeah, just never played football. But I, to this day, I wish I'd have played hockey and football. There were two sports I wish I'd have played. Dude, me too. I I never played hockey growing up, and I will say though, I re- I remember asking my parents, I was like, why didn't I ever play hockey? And they were like, do you know you have to be at the rink at like five a.m. for junior it, hockey? You it's never knew about for hockey. the gear. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not fucking paying. It's like for lacrosse, your gear. but harder to like be successful. In. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like a lose lose. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, Who do you think oh. would win an Oklahoma drill? You or Nick? Uh, I'd give that. I'd give that one to Nick. He's got me on size. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little hefty right Start now. Start the beef back up. Start the <laughs> retirement's <laughs> treating me well. <laughs> so okay, I have a, I have a big question. Salisbury goes out. They win the big game. Can you walk me through uh, like an abbreviated legal version of what the post-game scene at Salisbury is like? Because you say you have a shitload of kids. What does that look like? Is there a bar? Is it the house? Is it packed? Is it like standing room only? What's the deal with the post-game there? So Salisbury was a really good uh, house party school um, until they they passed like a noise ordinance. I think it was like after I left me my senior year. So party started getting shut down after 11 o'clock it was actually really bad kids couldn't do anything i'm pretty sure it's still like that today but no when i was there um big house parties there was a place called the zoo uh that's where i lived there's a cluster of these apartments with college kids in them like one level townhomes um and it would just people get kegs and you literally stand outside on the back decks and it just huge parties um in that area mainly the zoo that was like the happening spot we usually do that and we'd go to the monkey barrel around midnight monkey barrel was owned um, by a Salisbury alum. He owns a couple bars in Baltimore. I still know him and visit his bars to his day. Uh, his name was bull. Um, he was actually on the real world. I don't know if you ever remembered, remember that one. His girl- <laughs> I remember that. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. His girlfriend was on the real world and they always had them fighting on there. It was hilarious, but um, <laughs> his, uh, his establishment we'd go to and literally have carte blanche. We could do whatever we wanted part drinks go behind the bar um we'd never get Fuck. kicked out it was uh yeah it was good then i can give you an x-rated version of after we won a national championship when yeah i was just about to ask how many national championships you win two um lost one in overtime won one and then essex lost one in overtime won one so i played in the national championship every year of my college career but lost two one lost two in overtime one two um give but me they your, had, uh, yeah give me your salisbury national championship story so senior year we were playing at raven stadium and um we went to, we, Corlin had beat us the year previous in overtime. Um, and then, so we played them again the next year. So a little revenge game, play at Raven stadium. My, you know, my favorite football team, obviously it was pretty cool to end your senior season and your yeah. uh, football team stadium. Um, <laughs> we kicked, we kicked the shit out of them. Um, <laughs> Fuck and yeah. then my mom literally was like, my mom and dad, we have a, they had a, you know, a nice house in Dundalk, Maryland, which is not a nice place, but they had a nice house. Um, but they, literally were like tell everybody to come back to the house i was like how many people she's like i don't really care this is your one time really Car- yeah carte blanche damn do whatever do whatever the hell you want i was like okay so i literally <laughs> told texted the entire lacrosse girl, like you can tell literally whoever you want to come to my house and then my mom and dad told the neighbors they're like hey there's gonna be a massive party here we usually don't do this they want a national championship neighbors like do whatever you want so we were like came back to the house i mean there must have been a hundred people there a little over maybe um my one of my good friends was having um having sex on the front lawn and my dad came over to me he's like look i know you guys are having a good time but yeah that that can't be happening outside like, on the front like, lawn. 
the on neighbors. The front, yeah, on the front lawn, it's a suburb. So there's like walking his dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should say his name, but he'll probably never hear this. But uh, he, uh, yeah, he was, he was just going at it on the lawn. I was like, dude, you can't, you can't do that. Like, and then pulled him off. And then no, it was a huge raging party. And then in the morning, there was like. 12 national championship rings in the bottom of the pool. The guys were just throwing them in the pool and diving for them. And they got too drunk and forgot they were in there. So my dad's like skimming the pool. He's like, dude, there's like, I don't know. There's like 12 rings down there. I was like, Oh, they're national championship rings. There's like all in the bottom of the pool. But yeah, good, good party there to end out my Salisbury career. But yeah, party scene at Salisbury was mainly house parties, uh, but they passed that noise ordinance. So I think that's gone now. I think it's kind of like a bar school now. Well, that sucks. I mean, what what loser parents called in the noise ordinance patrol? <laughs> Dude, that's a, that's an awesome national championship story, though. I feel like everybody's like just goes back to campus and the lax house. It's cool that you had it at your house, and I'm yeah, glad your was... parents got out scot free. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a exactly. big risk. From oh, the they care. Yeah, Mister Hartzell never... gets out of jail next week. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were people sleeping outside on the lawn. I mean, there was bodies everywhere. People just slept where they were. It was uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. God, you're done. So when you like, uh, so like after Salisbury, I mean, obviously a good player at Salisbury, were you like gung ho on going pro or you like, we'll see what happens like with the MLL? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't have any aspirations. My dog might work here. Hey, stop. Um, I didn't have any aspirations going pro. I actually moved to, um, my beach town, um, close to my house, all ocean city, Maryland to work. I was a bar back. I was a bar back there. Uh, hold on one second. He could bark. He'd be a better interview than than Rafe's and Dan Bucaro. So. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> than Dan Bucaro uh, no. talking about Chipotle. <laughs> um, but where was I? What was I talking about? Barback. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Barbacking. Fish, yeah, fishtails um, in Ocean City. Barbacking, um, bartending, um, bouncing, pretty much doing anything to make some money. And then um, I think that was a supplemental draft that came. I didn't get picked up. And then got in the supplemental draft was the last pick of the supplemental draft with San Francisco Dragons. You were um, you were Mr. Irrelevant. I was Mr. Irrelevant. Wow, oh, me too. Fuck that. yeah, let's go. Me last pick in the garbage draft. I wasn't even Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> oh yikes! Yeah, that I, was like, out I was like Greg Oden compared to you guys. <laughs> yeah. And then um, yeah, went to the Dragons. They had their starting defense was Aiden Hall or was it Chris Halley? Played at Maryland, really good defenseman, but he was at the end of his career there. I mean. He, uh, you know, had had some LBs on him, and then um, Steve Panarelli was there. Nothing wrong with having LBs on Steve you. Paris, yeah, Panarelli. Steve Panarelli is one of the biggest legends, dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. I, didn't I, even, I loved all those guys. I, I didn't even go to school with him, and I have stories for days about that guy. Yeah, Pano was good. <laughs> and then uh, Eric Martin, who was, I think, the best defenseman in the league for – I mean, but Brody got defenseman there, but Eric Martin was – I mean, he was absurd, I thought. But, uh, yeah, he was there and met him. He went to Salisbury, and – Yep, went from there. So I played D midi, short stick D midi, pretty much the entire year until like six games in, and they gave me a long pull, and then played long pull the rest of my career. No shit. How was it being <laughs> a, a D midi? That's a greasy position. Uh, it, dude, D midi sucks. I, yeah, I know. You're just constantly, you're constantly getting attacked. It's Literally a mobile cone. Every, yeah, every <laughs> position you're getting attacked. Like get the ball around, dodge a shorty. Like fuck, I got a short stick in my hand. Please don't dodge me. Dodge other guy. And uh, no. That was good. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I mean, it was good. Scored a couple goals with it. I mean, but yeah, it sucks via you get dodge every time and then having a six foot pole, like, Oh God, this is much better. So, so when did you, when did you get like, like, when did you become the guy? Cause you had a great pro career. So when did that like all start clicking for you? 
Yeah, uh, San Fran, I played close defense. Um, I forget who the starting long pole was then. Yeah, that's bad on me, not Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. But I was, uh, yeah, down low was me, Steve Holmes, who was another savage, and then uh, Eric Martin. I forget who was up top. He was Pano, played for that first year. But, yeah, from there, and then that team had folded, um, and then I went to the Bayhawks. I drafted in the expansion draft, or whatever that is, that team. What is that? Is that expansion draft? The team? Yeah, yeah getting diluted and then just going yeah yeah so played uh got drafted by the bayhawk by bk and kind of made a name for myself there dude bk is such a legend like so i i always say like if you're coming out of college you know and it was the mll there were really only two options that you wanted to go to and it was denver and chesapeake and i feel like every other every other team had like weird travel weird hotels weird this weird that BK oh, yeah. fucking absolutely crushed it. And everybody wanted to play for the Bayhawks because they knew it was like, Oh, you're going to Pussers after uh, you're going to uh, McGarvey's and he has the coolers and all the apps. Tabs, uh, he takes everything. He didn't give us per diem. He's like, like, Hey, where's my per diem? He's like, you're not going to need it. You're not paying for a thing. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. Unreal. I'm fucking right, cool. broke. I'll take that. that. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Um, yeah. But no, he's, I mean, San Fran, we had really good ownership there, too. Um, one of our owners owned a wine vineyard, so we'd go to, like, wine country all the time. And, um, yeah, that, that was another good organization. They folded Bayhawks. And then, you, like you said, Outlaws are, like, NFL organizations. And then turn the clock, you go to the Ohio machine, and then you're know, like, oh, what the hell is this? And I was like, this is not good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if you're like, PLL, what do we need to PLL? I play for the Bayhawks and the Outlaws. It's like, yeah, but the rest of the organizations are not great, so. Was were the dragons like cool at all? Like was that was that like a cool experience? Did yeah, I, I never I'm assuming about I'm the assuming dragons, no, really. but like yeah, like that was a very short stint. I feel like yeah, dragons. So the um, no the organization was great. Team was great. We played at San Jose State University. It was a great venue for it. Um, got some good fans, uh, but yeah, it just didn't work out. Just didn't work out in their favor of uh, obviously making money. So I think he got out of it because um, of that. Uh, but no, dragons were great. Um, I think Gremlin Gremlin was on that team. Liam Banks. Uh, Ryan wow. Powell played for that team. Um, what year was it? We had a that's 2007. Jesus, yeah. I forgot how old you were. <laughs> 30, yeah, I'll be 36 in October, man. We won't, we won't ask you that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, give me your like best like post game pro story. We went through the college one, which I don't think you're going to top, but it sounds like you had a pretty long uh, pro career with some good memories. So. Uh, so I'll give you a bad experience. So San Francisco, I think the year before I got there, the brick where our post-game bar was, great, great establishment. Uh, Matt Ulrich got stabbed in the bar. Um, what? After a game. What? Yeah, after a game. Fuck, I don't dude. know the full story. I heard the legend of the story, and he was like, he got stabbed, got in a fight, and he was just standing there, like nothing happened. Like, hey, uh, your shirt's bleeding. He's like, what? Looks down. He has a knife wound in him. He got in a knife fight. Well, he didn't have a knife, but he got stabbed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Unknowingly got actually, a knife fight. He brought fists to a knife fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you guys know Matt Allrest, but he's a tough, he's a tough son of a bitch. Like played indoor big guy. Like, yeah, he was he was a big dude. He was, Allegedly. Um, he got stabbed and didn't realize got, it. Allegedly tough guy. Know. Yeah. Um, I'd say the best man, best post-game MLL days. I mean as much as the organization sucked the Ohio machine, I mean, the patio was, I mean, if you've ever been yep. to the yeah. patio. The, I did a couple that, of training camps there, so yeah, I know about. That downstairs, <laughs> that downstairs nightclub, a bartender or a hostess lost her finger there. I saw the entire thing. Uh, she shut her hand in a, <laughs> oh you know, my like the God, bar, dude. you know, like the bar that like you flip it up to get to the bar through the yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah. She had her, 
she had her hand like resting when the thing was oh. up you know, on the ledge. Guillotine. She's ordering, you gotta she's stop telling yes, stories. Yeah. Dude, we asked some cool post game stories. You're like bringing us to the sky. Got stabbed. This girl lost her finger. Yeah. Can you tell Kyle finger. likes hunting warthogs? <laughs> <laughs> but cut her finger clean off, and the bartender picks it up. Literally, I'm standing oh. right there. Like me and Steel Stanwick picks it up, puts it on ice, saved her finger. She, she saved her finger. But uh, no, Patio is definitely, I think, the best. I mean, it was like a turn into a nightclub. I think if you asked any MLL player, they would maybe go back and say that. I, I bet you get a, get a lot of guys that would say that. No, they all just talk about the Outlaws Championship. Yeah. We've had like eight <laughs> guests on that don't shut up about that. <laughs> it's all we have. Um, Fuck off. And then BK, and then BK, we when we won the MLL Championship there, he rented a bunch of like, they were like golf, electric golf carts. We're all in the golf carts with the championship trophy in the back. We're just bar hopping. Um, I actually was too drunk to drive home and slept in my car at the stadium, woke up in the morning and drove home because I just couldn't drive. Don't know why I slept in my car, but um, no, BK would throw some good parties. And obviously, Annapolis is a great area, but I'd say Annapolis or Ohio was a pretty sweet post game. Yeah, I never oh, made it to a game in Ohio, done. but I was, I could imagine it's fun. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was good. To, it's a good time. Good time. Did you have a favorite team? Uh, before we go to the PLL, I just, I, I just remember the MLL days fondly as like a beautiful shit show. Um, <laughs> was there like a favorite team or memory that stood out above all else? Could be post-game, pre-game, mid-game, travel, anything like that. Is there one final story before we jump into the PLL? Um, yeah, I'll give you another bad story. We were playing. <laughs> we were playing. This guy no got limbs. his dick cut yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> We were playing in Ham. We were playing in Hamilton, and if you played ever played in Hamilton. There's two people there, and you can hear the announcers as you're running the ball down the field. <laughs> um, it's pretty bad, but uh, yeah, played in Hamilton. We had a double header and played in Ohio. The next day, we took a bus back from oh. Hamilton, but not just any bus. It was the worst coach bus I've ever been on. Like literally, wood seats. Like <laughs> it was Johnny Limo. Like, <laughs> dude, guys were like, guys were guys were literally like hands on the back of a seat in front of them with their heads leaned up against like i can't do this i gotta get out i can't do this like i almost like quit lacrosse after that moment because i was like i can't do this anymore this isn't it and then we stopped at a rest stop for uh pre-game food it's like mcdonald's roy rogers there's no good food i'm like is this is this like happening right now is anyone videotaping this someone's fucking with me someone's fucking with me so so those games always cracked me up because that we we only had a couple of those like quick turnarounds where it was like all right you know we're we're playing in florida today and then we're playing in denver tomorrow and like everybody's in the airport like hammering mcdonald's before their 6 a.m flight yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and we just we completely wrote off the next game where you know the, the coaches would be like you know score differential we got to do this and i'm a like, coach i don't give a fuck like i'm trying not to die and shit my pants and throw up on the field all at the same time did you write that next game off or did you guys rally and make it a game we rallied and made it again i think we i think we won that game jesus we both, man we might we, we might have won both games but yeah they, i mean the other team had to do the same thing but they had a really nice coach boss ours was like i mean it barely made it there it was it was bad really really bad but jesus. that'd probably be my most worst memorable story but i mean when winning championships that's that's the they're the best memory they're the best memories obviously the parties and celebrating that and so Bayhawks doing that scraping rings out of the bottom of your pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty memorable. All right, let's uh let's jump to the PLL. Why did the Atlas suck? <laughs> yeah, let's bring it down a notch right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have that's my actually, own personal theories, but I'd like to hear it yeah. from you. Um, man, if you looked at our so when they created a 
when they yeah. created the rosters, everything was, it was like Rabel stacked his team. It was yeah. Rabel stacked his team. That's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, you look at like Redwoods, like Notre Dame contingency, uh, Whip Snakes, Maryland, you know, down, down the line. I think that was good building that because right away we're going to have chemistry guys play together. And then our team, they just kind of stacked it, obviously, but not always the best players on paper um, result to a good team. And I'm, I just don't think we've ever, we ever just came together. Um, you know, year one, obviously we had a lot of coaching turnover. Um, on that on that front but yeah I don't think I mean we're all at the end of our careers our older us older guys so I mean the young guys in the league now you're seeing how good they're playing um yeah there's just a lot of like I just don't think we were a unit we weren't a team um just didn't feel like a winning vibe I, I didn't feel a winning vibe like the entire time um and then we won't talk about that we'll, we'll get to this but come forefront to like Redwoods it was just like way more relaxing playing on that team than um, dealing with all the stuff that circled our team because it's like, oh, they got the best guys on paper and we weren't winning games. It was just, you know, kind of like we were stuck in quicksand. But yeah, it was, uh, wasn't a great experience. I mean, obviously a good experience. You're one of launching a new league, but w- losing sucks and we didn't do much of winning. So who was, was your least like a- favorite player oh, on the team? <laughs> Say again. Who was your least favorite player on the team? You don't <laughs> have to answer. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to answer it. Ah, uh, God. Uh, can I come back to that one? Come yes, you can. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, at what point did you guys hit the panic button? Because I feel like everybody was all over you guys right away. So I'm wondering, like, were there locker room freakouts? Like, people like, why do we suck kind of thing? It sounds like you never really got your finger on it. But I'm wondering if you guys, like, hit the panic button and were just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone hit the panic button. But it was kind of got to the point where, like, oh, everything's going to be okay. It's like, no, it's not okay. We're, you know, we've lost, you know, six games in a row. Things are not okay. So we got to stop saying that and we got to address it and – but uh, nothing ever got – I don't think anything got addressed, right? Every guy on that team played hard to get a win. It's just a very talented league, and we just couldn't pull wins out. Whatever that may be, you know, we'd be up in games, and then we would just lose them, and, you know, that, that's that's the sport of lacrosse. And, but I, I don't feel like that team um, – I mean, you're seeing what they're doing now, but, like, it was completely dismantled, and sometimes you got to start from scratch, and it's working for them. So, um, but, yeah, that was uh, – I don't think anyone hit the panic button. It's just every game you show up to win, and – and you don't win them and it just sucks not winning you got any you got any locker room freak out stories you don't even have to name the person but i know that that locker room was up in flames <laughs> um i would say i would say let me think let me think you're one you're one not really bubble what about year two what about the bubble year, <laughs> bubble bubble year. <laughs> kyle's beating the shit out of half the team put your damn <laughs> did you ever bow yeah. and arrow anybody in the locker room <laughs> No, he's hog tying um, Paul. <laughs> we had, I, I want to say it was the, right before the Archers game. Um, player stood up and then just ple- completely freaked out, threw a chair, gave a speech, threw the chair, and then walked out of the locker room. That was probably like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I won't give the name on that one. But yeah, people kind of open their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> But no, the bubble was um, the bubble was an interesting place for sure. Bubble was a fucking shit show. <laughs> All right, but we, we, we stuck in woods. so much booze that we opened up a bar. Me and, me and Brett and Eddie Glazer, <laughs> we, we had like two full suitcases, and we were like, if we're gonna make it through this fucking bubble, and we're looking at the schedule, we're gonna need a full service bar with liquor <laughs> and beer for the boys. Yeah, so. I mean that bubble was. I mean, it got to the point where I mean, I didn't really. I mean. I enjoyed the beginning of it. And then it got kind of old. I mean, going to your hotel room, go practice, go to your hotel room, go to practice, go to your hotel room. Yeah. Like you couldn't really do anything. And 
like we lost to the archers by a goal in that playoff game and like when i we lost i was like dude i can't wait to go back to the hotel get in my car and leave like i, I can't wait to go home yeah i can only um, masturbate in a hotel room so much yeah. times before you know it wears out <laughs> allegedly allegedly yeah. that's not me there's speaking. no more lotion <laughs> all right okay so you're a member of the woods i have a wait, very wait, wait, before we get to the woods he's oh, sorry go ahead we're not getting him off the hook with the uh least favorite player on the atlas you've had your oh, yeah, two yeah. minutes of thing um least favorite player um a guy i'm just gonna i didn't really i didn't hate anyone but let's say like oh man baptiste really, no baptiste you got it that guy <laughs> like the I mean, nicest guy I'll tell, you, of all time. I'll tell you what that guy like if his dog died i don't think he wouldn't stop smiling i mean I, that guy's never <laughs> ever not smiling so i've never seen him upset it could never be him yeah i hate him he beat me in college yeah. beats me in the pros and he's too good of a guy to hate probably romar if i had to guess <laughs> oh, no romar no man that is a tough question guys you really put me on the spot here you're like, there's you so said many of them you or because there's so few answer. yeah you said this you're gonna answer this guy's too nice he needs some hate around eric law i hated that guy <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, i was eric. sneaky hoping you said that because i felt like he was like an easy target <laughs> yeah. yeah enjoy your jamba juice eric yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay now we'll now we'll briefly jump to the woods i have a couple important questions um so you have one game under your belt you got uh i, I saw you in jules's vlog which that's a whole different conversation i actually think they're pretty good but it was weird at training camp when he was doing those are you making sure that td gets bullied enough uh are you shoving him in a locker and if not can you please do that the guy's getting way too cocky <laughs> td um guys get on him quite a bit um, he's carrying the, I saw him carrying the ball bag and the water jug. So they're, they're taking care of that. So he's, uh, he's being handled there. Not stuffed in a locker. I've, I haven't seen him stuffed in a locker yet, but he's definitely, I've seen him carry the ball bag a couple of times. He actually put the ball bag behind me um, right before our walkthrough game. I was getting my stuff out of the thing. I backed up and I almost tripped over it. And I was like, dude, what are you doing here? Did you set up booby traps? Like what's going on here? Dude. connected to that thing and as soon as you <laughs> chirp him he kind of gets like that uh uh, uh nothing sorry <laughs> like he's the <laughs> nicest fucking kid ever yeah he's he a great kid up. man hell of a player too but man he's a great great kid allegedly you know he he never won against me i'll tell you it's that. his wings it's his wings <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all even sexton and idea uh. okay so uh could you briefly talk about and and i have my assumptions but you mentioned it earlier, looking at what the bubble was for the Atlas in 2019 and then looking at what or uh, 2020 and then looking at what the woods are doing in 2021. Granted, like the entire league is like within one game of each other. Um, is there that big of a difference in the locker room? Because I've never been in a, a locker room that like someone's thrown their helmet and imploded and cried and like, you know, whatever, whatever you were saying, you know, that's not me. I'm just wondering if it's that tangible of a difference and uh, if you could speak on that for a little bit, or if it's just kind of like one of those teams where it's like, yeah, you know, there's just some slight differences and the, the ball happens to be rolling the Redwoods way. Yeah. I mean, let's see. I mean, when me and you got our beef, we'll circle back to that real quick, but me, and you got our beef, like me and you're on the wing and we're like, you're asking me if I want to fight you and whatever, all that shit. And then I run the ball down and <laughs> I shoot it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Nick, Nick comes over, we're like just talking shit to each other, and he's like, oh, let's, let's fight, let's do this. I'm like, dude, we're not gonna be we're, the fight's gonna last for two seconds because the refs are gonna break it up. Like, nah, we're not doing that. 
But and um, you were you were like wow. such a more important player than me. I was like, yeah, of course I'm fighting this fucking <laughs> guy. We're both getting get kicked out. I was like, yo, let's fucking fight, pussy. And you were like, great, um, great... no, I'm valuable to my team. And I was like, well, then let's fight. Matt that's turns great... around. There's like a third grader in the stand. He's like, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's like a good NLL tactic. Fight a good player and take the trade. But the uh, no, the bubble. I mean. I came down and shot a ball. Miles Jones like just completely hit me late, and they, I think Glazer kicked me in the head. <laughs> just sets up. Yeah, and I, and I was right there, like acting yeah. like I did something. I was uh, like, yeah, like, oh, these guys it. really hate me. Yeah, look at oh, shit. These guys really hate me. And then Circle get picked up by you guys. No, that that locker room is completely different. I feel way more relaxed and just you know, it's kind of weird. You know, I've played for sixteen years now, and um, 16, 15, 15 or sixteen, um, and you know, not having a training camp on your belt and missing literally the entire season and jumping into a team that is vying for a championship. I mean, they were in first place last week. I think they're maybe in second or third now. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it was you just like, say we, 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 sorry. We, yeah, we. there we go. But it was like, when I got there and then the, when the game was started, I was like, holy shit, I'm about to play lacrosse again. I haven't played since the bubble and it was, you know, I'm just jumping back into this thing, but uh, yeah, it was a little weird in that aspect. But no, man, that locker room is completely different. Um, you know, you, you saw the Rob Pinnell quote. I think I could chime into that. He says, you know, he feels like he's in a winning culture and doesn't feel like he's going to lose all the time. And um, I, I kind of feel that same vibe from all those guys. I mean, you look at the seasons you guys have had, um, play the championship in year one, and then um, you know, year two, you guys just come up short in the semifinal game against you know the Whips Nation. You guys always battle. We always battle. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, sorry for bringing that back up, but <laughs> you guys have been, you guys have been to the dance pretty much every year. And, you know, when you get to join a team like that with guys, every guy in that locker room has been there, they know what it tastes like to lose. And, um, it just sucks. And, you know, you can feel that vibe in that locker room. Um, and that's kind of why I play. I think we all play, you know, I want to win. Um, cause that's how, you know, people don't remember the guys that lose. They remember the guys yeah. that win and, you know, the teams that win. So it's good to have them memories with those guys. So, I'm hoping we can put it together. I think we can. We had a bad game. You know, you look at that Archers game, you know, coming off a bye week, we didn't play well, obviously. But, man, that, that locker room is great. It's told a bunch of guys that want to win, and um, they, 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 they welcomed me with open arms from day one. It was really easy to walk in that locker room and play lacrosse. No, that I think that that sums it up really nicely. And I know you have to get going relatively soon. Um, but I guess I'm curious, like, as far as, like, the only actual lacrosse question that I'll ask you that, like, you know, the nerds can freak out about – um, so Notre Dame historically, and especially guys like Eddie Glazer has always, have always been touted as like, oh, you know, you're the air traffic controller. The, the Redwoods communication is so good. And I, I even remember like Greg B saying something last year about like, he's never seen anything like this Notre Dame communication. And granted, I'm a part of that system. Uh, and you know, all we do is circle jerk and suck our own dicks. So I guess I'm curious <laughs> as far as like, Given that you've been playing uh, almost longer than I've been alive, that's not a chirp, just a fact. Um, <laughs> is there a difference in the communication with guys like Eddie Glazner versus like some of the greats, like you were talking about Eric Martin back in the day? Do you see a noticeable difference in the communication with the Redwoods and other teams that you played on? And that's the last legitimate lacrosse question I'll ask. Yeah. Um, no, there's definitely a, like right when I walked into practice, um, Eddie, Eppel, um, Sexton. I mean, those guys are just super dialed in, especially Eddie, probably the most out of all of them. Um, he, yeah, you know, he's near two. Yeah, near two. Um, they're constantly communicating. Um, and, you know, 
you just always, I always hear a Glazer's voice in the back of my head. And like, if you're getting stretched out or something, he's pulling you in. Um, if he's in a slide position, he's making sure you're there to help him. But no, I think out of any team I've played on, this is one of the best um, team defense from a communication standpoint that I've ever, that I've ever been on. And one of the best or the best, because one of the best, you know, that that's, are you willing to brand it as the best? Um, Really hey, the hesitation yet. says it all. That that's yeah. all I was curious about. Because again, I I have that bias where I'm like, oh, we're always the best. So hey, that hesitation one, hey, look, said it all. I, yeah, I've been there. I've been there for one game. It's really fucking good. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my my uh, you know, the Bayhawks, you know, the Bayhawks defense, that Lizards defense, that year we won the championship. Those are pretty fucking good defenses. Yeah. But I mean, these guys that I'm with now, I mean, I would literally compare them to those those defenses. They have. You guys have been there, you know, you should come up short about the last two years, but man, you guys got all the right, we have all the right pieces to make it work and get it done. And I think we're going to, so. That's fun. Kyle, Kyle sees uh, Eddie, here's Eddie talking. He's like, yeah, this is the best defense. They sees Eddie run and he's like, ah. Eddie's Eddie's not doing any uh, workouts. Apple, I mean, Apple, that guy, I don't know how he times his hits up. That's one thing I could never do in my career, but man, he, that kid, Watching him play, I think, you know, he, I think he's obviously one of the best defensemen in, in the league, but he hit Schreiber in that game and he hit Fields in that game and times him up. I don't know how he times it up. That's Dude, one he thing fucking kills people. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I've been does. thinking the same thing for years. I'm like, listen, I'm throwing around a little, I like way more than him. And I'm like, how does he kill people? And like, I hit someone and get a concussion myself. He laid yeah. me out. In high, <laughs> he laid me out in a high school game, actually. I ran yeah, down the field and he laid me out. I got right like back a up New York, now. Maryland challenge. Yeah, he tore his ACL too in that game. That's, I'm why, sure I remember that's that. why. That's why. That's why I wears fifty-two, man. Ray Lewis. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> I have a question for you. What's your take? So. so, because you had like you had kind of a weird year, obviously. Like you're a well-known player, good player. You mentioned that you're on your way out, but I'm sure you expected to be on a roster, even if it wasn't the Atlas. What was your take on like the Chris Hogan thing and having someone like that take up a, take a roster spot? I'm genuinely curious because I was like outspoken, like this is bullshit. I know he's not good. And he's taking spots from, I was talking about like the younger guys, but I'm curious what your, your thoughts were. Cause I mean, he was essentially taking a spot from you too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't look too much into that, but you're right. And I think, you know, I would say that there are more guys um, deserving of a shot over him for sure. Um, him getting an opportunity. I don't think he shouldn't get an opportunity, right? I think he should have got an opportunity and, he did, and now he's not playing anymore. He's playing in the NFL, I think. He got signed with the Saints. I want to really Saints. bad deal for him. I'm sure he's pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you look like, I mean, look at the press and put around the sport, and um, I think that's you know one of the reasons it was done too. Is he's a big name, and um, they pulled across obviously in the headlines and stuff like that. I know some people don't give a shit about that, but uh, you know it does make the sport feel like holy shit. Why the hell is this guy playing? What the hell is this league he's playing? People start looking at that up and. It creates a buzz around it. But, yeah, I think 100%, any way you look at it, I think he did – guys could have been on that roster that, you know, um, could have made a bigger impact than him, 100%. Yeah. I, I was curious because, like, you're probably the first person we've spoken to who, like, was, you know, somewhat directly impacted by that. So, it's interesting to hear yeah. that. But, yeah. Yeah. Total marketing ploy. Like, there's no way he was uh, – <laughs> he wasn't changing the roster or anything. He was on, like, four rosters in three weeks. Yeah. I mean, look, the guy, the guy plays in the, the guy plays in the, plays in the fucking NFL. So it's like, Hey, he's athletic to run wide receivers. Let's give him a, let's give him a shot here. So I don't knock it. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you have to look at, you know, Monmouth versus Notre Dame football, you know, what's the better college program who had the more decorated football career. You be the judge. Listen, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to bring that up. That's just something for you, the fans and the viewers to decide. 
So we know that you only have a little bit of time left. All right. So we're just going to go through a couple power rankings and some rapid fire questions. All right. All right. Power rank the top three animal meats to consume now that you're confirmed not a vegetarian. Um, that would be a Chappelle deer, which is also known as an axis deer. They're native to um, India. They were brought over to the United States as a gift. They run rampant in Hawaii. They are a massive problem. I think they're going to be over 300,000 head uh, next year, but you can go there and hunt them anytime here. It is the best red meat you can put in your body and it is the best red tasting meat you will ever have in your life. I could guarantee you that. All right. I need to go um, to Hawaii yeah. and do like salivating. I'm salivating. You can do it in Texas too. They're, they're, they're in Texas as well. So, um, but Axis deer, Axis deer, um, elk would go right behind that. Um, and then it's going to be a close three between moose and whitetail deer. I'm going to say, I'm going to go whitetail deer. Honorable mention the bartender's finger. All right, the power rankings of the dogs of lacrosse. I'm not sure you even know about anybody's dogs but yours, but oh, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, the dogs, like, like people's lacrosse people? dogs. Like, okay, yeah. gotcha. Nick's got moose. Gotcha. I would power rank. How many, am I going? Am I going one to three here? Yeah. Yeah. Go one, one to three. three. Make I'm it gonna, easy. I, I'm going to say my my dogs. Uh, one. Um, good. Good answer. Wants, and if anybody wants to fight against them, you can bring your dog and they'll fight. But I don't think you want that. But I don't. Um. <laughs> I would say a PLL employee, Tyler Steiner, Callie, great dog. Yeah. Uh, if it can be, be a, I'm trying to think of another player with a dog. There's not a lot of players with dogs I can think of. Um, Nick has, Nick has a dog. Go, oh, I got it. I got one. I got one. Can't get uh, Brent Adams' dog, Zion. Oh, wow. Zion. Wow. Zion's yeah. awesome. And then can't forget my boy Adam Gittleman with Vish, the Vish. Uh, Bodie. Bodie. Yeah. Bodie Vishla. Yeah, Bodhi Visha. All right, no. next one. Who's the best bow hunter in the PLL besides you? <laughs> I actually don't know many players that do, but a coach that Whitetail hunts a lot, and actually a lot about that, Mike Manley bow hunts. Um, he's pretty good at it. I think he usually kills a Whitetail deer. He doesn't have a lot of time being a cop, but uh, he usually kills a Whitetail deer once a year, and then Coach Sedan, big bow hunter. So those are my two. There you go. Pseudo, yeah. a bow hunter. I didn't know that. Yeah. I hear like I a new fun fact about him like every day. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. Great, great guy. Would you like it if would, would you like it if Nick moved to Utah? Uh yeah, we 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 didn't invite. We're gonna gonna live in Park City or we're gonna put you somewhere like down a floor. <laughs> I mean, the hesitation right there kind of yeah. said it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick's right yeah, with you like move Uh I don't know. I don't aren't know. You, yeah, you know, well, you know, where is he I living? Mean, aren't you aren't you like working on like an oil rig ciphering crypto or some shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, that, that's called a remote gig. I'm outsourcing that shit to other people. Yeah. You're going to Texas. You'll be in Texas. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Well, I'm going to be shooting axis deer out of a helicopter with fortunate sun playing in the background. All right. Yeah, Axis deer is the best meat for sure. <sighs> fuck. Yeah. You have me salivating over here. Just like Evan said. All right. And last question to wrap up the interview, which teams should sign Evan? The next one. <laughs> expansion expansion okay. yep. all right just not we'll even anybody it. right now what a fucking, Evan, you're, you're answer, fucking blackballed this year this was a great freaking interview and then you just fucked it who has the lowest save percentage that team there you go go to that one there you go very safe answer well kyle we know you got to get going to dinner thank you very much for coming on being honest we really appreciate it um 
And anything we can do for you in the future, let us know. I think this went fantastic. So we, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, you got, yeah anything really? to plug, you got anything to plug, dude, before you go? Like any... You want to plug my uh, my clinics, my camp? No, I'm just kidding. No, nothing. I had a great time. Um, and you no, know, what about the, uh, like just the, meat, dog. Just red meat. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. You had you do like the charity like for the dogs for the veterans or something, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll shot that at uh, projectkenny.org. That's right. Um, yep. Yeah, they're in a big charity that um, they raise money to train dogs to give to disabled veterans. Um, there was a really cool story. Uh, the last dog they picked up, I guess a guy uh, lost his legs and he couldn't pick up and he dropped things. So they trained the dog to pick up, drop things and hand it back to him and super, super talented dog, but cost a lot of money to raise those things and train them. So yeah, projectkenny.org, donate your money there. Perfect. Beauty. No, I, I remember you, uh, I remember you posted about that, but thank you for the shout out. We'll make sure to, uh, to cloud him up a little bit and thank you for coming on the post game, Kyle Hart. So we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you guys. Later. Big thank you to Kyle Hartzell. Um, you know, coming off of that beef, I still get questions about it every camp that I coach. And it, it's uh, it's really funny to reminisce and realize that social media is not a real place. You should never hate someone that you've never met in real life to an extent. Um, but no, thank you for Kyle. I thought that was a fantastic interview. We really appreciated having him on. Um, I'm going to have to go and try some of this access here because the way that he was talking about it had me salivating as always this uh this episode is brought to you by sideline swap all your used new game worn not game worn autograph non-autograph goods go buy it on sideline swap and promo code postgame15 on redtruckbeefjerky.com redtruckbeefjerky.com good friends of ours and then as we mentioned at the beginning and before the interview at gofundbm all right that's uh that's Brianna very tough blow with the uh, with the car accident. Please, whatever you can, whether it's 5, 10, 15, you know, if you're a multi-billionaire listening to this, Venmo or a million dollars, don't care. Anything helps. Um, when one of the lacrosse community is, uh, is hurting, that's my favorite thing about the lacrosse community is that we rally around and help out when need be. All right, again, that Venmo is at GoFund, G-O-F-U-N-D-B-M, and we will see you next week.